This is Phil Ferrand. And I am driving home. It's Thursday today. It is episode 772. I'm just looking for my glasses. There we go. I dropped in at the church to help out getting the sound system ready for Sunday. That is done. Um, heading home now. It's been a good week. We've gotten some good stuff done and um, working through all the things. I did make a mistake at the end of year um, that it wasn't technically my responsibility to remember this, but we had put in a new process for handling what are called deputational batches. Last year, there was one step that we needed to do after we closed the year or before we closed the year and we didn't do it. So, <laughs> so there's some data cleanup that one of the departments is having to do, which is always a shame. It's sadness. It's sadness. Uh, but you know, it wasn't insurmountable. So about a hundred documents that need to be moved around a little bit, but they will get that done and everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing and ta-da, ta-da, ta-da. So anyways, uh, writing is going fine. I'm about 500 words down, but I don't have any words that I'm scheduled for tonight. Uh, so I should be able to pick up those 500 words today and then we're back on track. I quit early last night specifically uh, because I needed time to work on the uh, big wig day costume. And uh, that's coming along fine. I'm working on the jacket. The jacket, as it turns out, was just almost as much work as the leggings. So, because, and not because I wanted to have any kind of certain fit, but because I had to put stiffening in there and had to build a collar out and there were just a lot of things. But it's not great. Um, in terms, if you look really closely, I've made some mistakes, but that's okay. That is all right. Um, so, yeah. So, that's puttering along, and hopefully um, we'll get that under better control. Um, I just have a few little bit of trim up and alterations, and once I get those done, I think we can call the jacket good. So I hope to get that done, and then plus in addition to that, um, I have to make a collar still, and I have to make a cravat out of latex. A cravat is a folded piece of cloth, normally, that has some pleats in it, and then it has two tail ends, and it's very much like a bow tie, or it's very much, well, it is like a, a real bow tie or a real necktie. Um, but it is just tied in a different style. Um, so it's a little more old-timey, and that's the look that we're going for. So so it'll be fun. Uh, once I get that stuff done, then the big wig costume, I have to like cover my shoes, I think, with the yellow latex that I have for that. Um, and once I get that done, I think we're gonna be just pretty, pretty close. Oh, I have a hood to make too. I'm going to make a hood, an open-faced hood, I think, out of transparent latex, just to promote the plasticky look even more. So, 
So, uh, this will be fun. It'll be fun. Um, as long as I don't split a seam, but that even in itself is fine because I do have some jogging pants, the old tracksuit type, you know, polyester jogging pants that I have purchased and I will take those with me because you can't really wear anything underneath the latex leggings and if you split a seam, it's not good. So, so we'll see how this all goes. Uh, so it's fun. It's fun. Um, it's really just an amazing thing um, to be in this commune with Jesus and have him giving you help and guiding and laughing with you and it's it is a tremendous thing so uh, I doubt this will be very long today mainly because what I have for notes is just pretty short but it was interesting and fun uh, and there were a few things that came out of it that were uh, fascinating to listen as men try to um, explain away, justify away, not ardently of what some of their base subsystems are doing, but it's interesting to hear the perspectives of men and how they talk about certain aspects of our lives has been. So this was a little clip from a longer conversation that I believe it's Constantine Kisson and Chris Williamson were having. It appeared that Chris Williamson had Constantine Kisson as a guest and this was a clip that was clipped out of their conversation. It was labeled to be one topic, but there was a little extra topic at the front of it that I thought was very, very good. Had not heard of this study, and so I thought I would pass it along because it's germane to our lives at this point. Um, so the clip just bounces into them kind of halfway talking about this idea where Constantine Kissin is using the phrase, perception is projection. And Chris Williams said, okay, explain that. To which Constantine Kissin rightly said, you perceive your own projections onto, on, of the world. So you perceive your own projections of the world. This goes back to a parable I heard years and years and years ago about a man who was coming into a new village and he found a farmer on the outside of the village and he said, so what type of people live in that village? And the, farmers, the old farmer said, well, what type of people lived in the village that you came from? He said, well, there was a lot of bad people in that village and there was a lot of people that really did me wrong in that village. So I was just wondering what type of people are in this village. And the old farmer said, well, I think you're going to find that there's some bad people in this village as well. And there will be some people who do you wrong. A couple of days later, another man came by. 
asked the same question. Well, what type of people are in that village? And the farmer again responded, well, what type of people were in the village that you came from? Oh, they were wonderful people. I mean, I, you know, I just really appreciated many of them. And I really loved my time that I spent in that village. And the old farmer said, well, I think you'll find in this village that there are many, many good people. And hopefully you will enjoy your time here as well. And of course, the, the moral of that story is that you find what you're looking for because a lot of what we experience in life is a direct result of our perceptions. And the application is quite severe and quite strong to this. If people have been taught to, oh, just a second, my son-in-law is calling. I'm gonna put this on. Okay, I'm back. Uh, sorry about that. We had a little excitement out at the house today. We're far enough out that we normally don't get any sort of the homeless traffic that uh, people in Springfield get. Uh, but we actually had a homeless guy stroll through our houses, um, our little compound that we have. He was showing up on all the cameras and in fact, he was kind of walking up to the different houses and kind of staring in the windows. Uh, thankfully, Dustin, our renter in the rock house, was home and he walked out and saw the guy and he said, can I help you? And the guy said, oh, I'm just, I'm just passing through. He said, okay. And so he, Dustin said, that's why I went back inside to get my gun. He said, by the time I got out, um, you know, he said the guy had wandered off down the road, so but he felt, Dustin had felt like that he cut into the woods and that he didn't actually wander off. Uh, so Dustin was looking for him and we had just kind of put out the word that, you know, by the way, um, we're looking, you know, we're looking um, for this guy. So we have cameras completely around our house and they did call the deputy and the deputy came out and Lynette showed him, you know, video of the guy walking around our house and. The deputy had said, well, do you want to press trespassing charges uh, if we find the guy? And Lynette said, no, probably not. Um, but, you know, at least if there is a perception that there is video cameras, we are posted no trespassing. And, you know, if you wander around, you are going to be recorded. I think this is the first time that we've actually had someone verified out here who was a homeless person um, because we had one other time when the the wife of a couple we were renting to said that a guy came out of the woods and was you know cursing at her um, and but we we looked around we never did see anybody and of course at that point we really didn't have any kind of cameras so there was nothing to check and you know etc etc um, but that was multiple multiple years ago um, so you know country living uh, so that can be a little exciting um, but anyways so that's I was trying to see you know because Lizzie is coming home and of course you know if she's coming home we wanted to go ahead and make sure there was someone if she was by herself to go into um, you know, uh, head into their house 
um, and just make sure everything was okay in there. But Alan's coming home, and so everything's good. So it's good. It's good. We're all good. Uh, anyway, so to get back to um, this, your perception is your projection. Um, what Constantine Kissin, uh, in his interpretation of that, he was talking about a study that was done. Really interesting study. So, I'm having a piece of cheese, by the way. <laughs> so, uh, this will be the last piece of cheese that I eat, but... He talked about the fact that they did an experiment where they brought in a bunch, uh, group of women and they told the woman that they would be using makeup to put scarring on their face. And then they told them they were going to send them into an interview and the purpose of the experiment was to determine if a scar on their face would mean that they got treated differently. That's what they told the women. What they actually did was they put the scar on, they let the women see the scar, and then just before the woman, women walked out the door, they said, oh, one moment, we just need to touch something up. They touched it up, and they actually removed the scar. So there was no scar. And I'm assuming they were made sure that there were no mirrors, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Then they had the women go and actually do the interview. And then afterwards, they interviewed them about their perceptions of how they been had been treated. And you know, they had discussions about massive levels of discrimination, how they had been discriminated against and how, you know, that, you know, obviously the interviewer was choosing words that was going to point out the fact that in fact they had a scar and blah 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 went through all this. Of course, there was no scar. So, you know, the lesson there is that your perception of how people are going to talk to you hugely influences how people are going to talk to you. That's a really important lesson when we go out of our way many times in this culture to highlight how unfair everyone is and how they're treating people of our ilk unfairly because now you're looking for it all the time. And Constantine Kissin talked about this. He said, you know, he said, I used to have real problems with anger and with behavioral problems. And and I would just go off and, ah, oh, that guy's blankety blank, blank, blank. And, and he said, my wife kept telling me, you know, you're creating those situations. And he said, it was like a decade before I realized she was right. And I changed how I was approaching. And so he said, you know, we perceive the things that we put out into the world. So the question is, what or the statement is what you focus on is the filter by which to perceive the world. So then out of that, they got into discussing this issue that keeps coming up over and over about toxic masculinity, specifically with regard to wearing to women wearing tight athletic gear, going to the gym to work out in front of all these guys, and then catching guys looking at them and then labeling that toxic masculinity. And, <laughs> you know, from a guy's perspective, obviously these two guys are both guys. 
this doesn't seem like toxic masculinity, obviously. Um, and Constantine Kissin actually had a real cute quote. Because he said, these creepy men need to stop staring at women. You know, or if they don't, then the women will stop wearing lingerie to the gym and everyone loses. So, <laughs> which I don't think women would find that joke uh, very uh, funny. But then they went, you know, they went on to talk about, well, our brains you know, are built for looking at women's behinds, you know, and then they got talking about the butt scrunch leggings where it's not only just covers your backside, it also kind of has a, have a piece of thong material in there. So now, you know, you, it has to look like you're just wearing a thong, except your whole entire backside is blue. Um, you know, <laughs> and Chris Williamson talked about the fact that, you know, the first time that he saw a woman in leggings, he was like, wow, that's like everything's on display. Like they're not even wearing some kind of a pants, you know. Um, and they went on to say, you know, we, we pretend things all the time and that, yes, men should not be pigs. But in order to not be a pig, um, oh, this is Alan again. Okay, one moment. One moment. Sorry. I'll be back. Okay, sorry. Back. A little excitement. So, <laughs> so you know, then they got on to a discussion of the reward system in men and how that we get a dopamine hit even when we perceive that there's a reproductive potential in the environment. And Constantine Kissin said, you know, in order to not be a pig about this, you have to have certain images paraded in front of your face. So, and when you parade those images in front of your face, then your brain is designed to pick them up. He said, because the sole purpose of our genes is to reproduce. That is absolutely true. He also said in there, you know, it's the purpose of your brain to do this. And I was like, wait, no, it's not your brain. And then he corrected that. And he said, well, it's the reaper, you know, it's, it's your reproductive systems. And that's absolutely true. So, and Chris Williamson was citing some studies that he said that even if you have, you know, you're out on the beach and there's like a rocky mountainside and if there happens to be two rocks placed that sort of look like breasts, you know, men will fixate. <laughs> and so they were talking back and forth and back and forth. Um, and, you know, this all kind of comes back to, they kind of left it with, you know, we are going to react to this, but then it's up to you to decide what you're going to do beyond that. And I was chatting with a buddy at breakfast today, and I do agree with that. Now, I will tell you, uh, I think there are some things that help. I've already talked last week about the fact that if you control your sperm count, that certainly helps. Uh, but the other thing that helps is to rearrange your thinking such that, when you are uh, in the presence of beauty, one of the things that you can do is you can make it a habit to go to the first resource of thanking God. And, you know, what I have trained myself to do is when I'm in the presence of a beautiful woman, the first thing I think is I thank you, my God, that you have placed such beauty in the world. And then I go on to something else. And if for some reason, if that feeling lingers, then my next step 
is to just start blessing the woman. I just thank you, my God, that you have placed such beauty in the world. And I just would ask you to be a constant presence in this young woman's life today. If she's married, help her to be a wonderful wife to her husband. I just pray for peace and serenity in their marriage. If she has children, I would just ask that you would help her to be the best possible mother to her children, and that her children would rise up and call her blessed. When you do that, when you change the perspective that no, this is not just a tool for me to use to control my sperm count, this is a human being, loved of God, deserving of prayer, and deserving of being blessed. It's amazing how that reorients everything. Um, and it is something that we really, as Christians, are going to need to get better control of. Absolutely. Because there's a whole lot of other coming. If you haven't watched the Samsung S24 Unpacked event, you should. Because Samsung has gone all in on AI with Google. And the new Samsung S24 is going to kind of, it's not the first by any means, but it's an amalgam of tremendous abilities in AI. Um, you know, just everything from real-time translation of telephone calls, audio telephone calls. You know, you're talking to somebody, they're speaking Spanish, you can hit a button and it will transmit or it will translate Spanish in real time to you as they are talking and pausing. It does it after that. And then it will translate you into Spanish. Uh, it does it in text as well. I mean, that's been on an iPhone, I guess, already. Just search capabilities, imaging capabilities, note-taking capabilities to where you can just record a meeting and it will transcribe the entire meeting and then summarize it for you into bullet points about who's doing what and who made what points. And it can even recognize different speakers' tonality and split them out by speaker one said this and speaker one said, speaker two said this. I mean, there's tremendous stuff coming. And one of the things that will come with all that tremendous stuff is the seductive AIs. They just, it will. It will. Uh, I don't know if you may be aware of it, but in fact, there are tons of AI Instagram models now. And some of them have quite a following. Okay, this is just some guy sitting in his basement eating Cheetos and using something like Midjourney or, you know, GPT or Dolly 3 or a stable diffusion or anything like that. And they're producing these pictures of these beautiful women, putting them on Instagram, getting people to subscribe to their OnlyFans page and then doing videos and doing, <laughs> you know, porn pornographic images and making money off this complete fantasy. But again, men are rewarded for the appearance of a sexually advantageous environment, and all they need is an image. And men are willing to pay for that. Which, of course, means pretty much the end. It, it is the end for any kind of woman who is trying to make money on OnlyFans. Uh, there certainly will still be those who who will make money on OnlyFans, but 
any young woman trying to get started now with OnlyFans, when you when there are a thousand artificial intelligence women out there that when you look at the pictures, you can't tell the difference when there are a thousand of them out there. For every one of you newbies who's coming in, I mean, the, the field just gets exponentially more difficult. And we as men are going to be faced with all of that stuff in ever-increasing degrees in conversational bots that are X-rated conversational bots, you know, that will tell you anything that you want to know that are good psychologically. It's a brave new world. And 2024, everything was building in 2023, and it was coming on, and it was coming on, and it was coming on. But artificial intelligence is going to be integrated everywhere that you can imagine in 2024. And it's just going to climb exponentially from there. So very, 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 very quickly, we will be surrounded by AI all day long. And it will change our society. And there will be some benefits out of it, but there will also be a lot of drawbacks to it. So welcome to 2024. It's going to be an interesting year. This is Phil Farrand, and I have made it home.